0: meeting an author on Scribble.
1: Welcome to Scribble, 30 minutes of conversation, comments, and reviews on reading and writing, editing, publishing, and selling books. I'm Rebecca Wee.
0: And I'm Don Wooten. Let's get back to fiction with author Nadine Roth on Scribble. Now, yeah, Rebecca and I have been nattering on for the last two or three shows.
1: I <laughs> we need some... Some new energy, some new (laughs) blood, some new words in (laughs) here.
0: Nadine, we found out about you when you were at that uh, confab that the artsy bookworm put together.
2: That's right, yes.
0: And suddenly there was a list of authors we'd not heard of.
2: Yeah.
0: And we thought, well, (laughs) we better put the arm on Tamara and
2: uh, get hold of these people. Yep. There are some great authors in this area. I've met a lot of really wonderful people.
1: Yep.
0: Well, as a matter of fact, this is our, uh, what, what, 387th program, and yeah. wow. uh, we haven't just been talking for most of them. We've had authors on. Uh, I have a listing somewhere of 200, and I forget how many authors, which is just amazing. And
1: mostly local, you know, from the oh, area. Yeah. We've got once well, in a while an outsider, but...
0: yeah. Two or three through the years, but all the rest are local. How did you become a writer?
2: Well, uh, it's been a long journey for me. Um, I'm a retired teacher, and I um, would teach my I taught first grade and third grade, and I would teach mm-hmm. my little kids how to write sentences and punctuation and all those kind of things. And, um, you know, just kind of went about my business. And then I had an opportunity to do um, the Eastern Iowa Writing Project at St. Ambrose. And that changed my whole outlook on how writing should look. And I stopped worrying about um, punctuation and things like that and started really getting into the story that people needed to tell. Mm -hmm. And that's really what fueled my interest.
1: And for yourself, was that... Also sort of the first time you got interested in trying it? Trying yes. Trying what you were teaching? Yes, yes. Yeah. it was very freeing. Mm-hmm. Um we the the um
2: activities and the exercises we did were so freeing it just really lit me up. I was so excited.
1: Yeah. Well, well
0: you know it's true, when you spend your time with the rules, uh all of a sudden you discover you feel kinda hemmed in. Mm-hmm. Like you're I don't like like little bars all around you. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things at Augie that we try when students are new to creative writing. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, we we still want to be able to read a sentence clearly, but you've got so much room to move. And their own engagement – changes.
2: Right. And for me, it was getting that word on the paper. And then we'll look at punctuation. Yeah, Let's exactly. not worry about if we have a period at the end of our first sentence. Yeah. Let's talk about what we need to talk about in our writing. Yep. Get but, that out. You
0: know, what, uh, you say that freed you, but what prompted you to dig in and write a whole novel?
2: I had been working on, that's a good question. I started journaling a lot then. And, um, and I had been working on trying to get little short stories figured out. And I've found out about myself I'm too chatty to do a short story. <laughs> and I <laughs> I can't get it all said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, strangely enough, this my first book, The Ink of Time, I had a couple of dreams about tattoos. I don't have any tattoos. <sighs> but I had this same dream like three times. And it was the most awkward dream. And so one day, I just went to my computer, and I opened it up, and I typed the first sentence. And the next thing I knew, I had the first paragraph um, and the first chapter. And I did not know at all what I was doing, but I just bumbled my way through. I read a lot of different things online. I read a lot of different books on writing. And seven years later, I finally had the book done.
1: <laughs> but that's so beautiful that, you know, you have... A dream, and then a line, and then it's almost like something takes over, right? It, it really did, mm-hmm. and it really has. It's just taken
2: over. If I'm not writing, I'm agitated.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm
2: thinking about writing. When I am writing, I'm agitated, because I am writing. It's hard. Yes,
1: yes. It's the writer's dilemma. It's like, all I want to do is write, but... I'll clean the toilet first, and then I'll do this (laughs) instead, and then I'll do this. Right. Well, you know,
0: you mentioned dreams. The thing that fascinates me is uh, I cannot remember my dreams clearly, but when I'm going through them, I think to myself, this is a great story. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, boy, this is fascinating. Yeah. (laughs) But then I wake up. And I wonder, what was that all about?
2: Uh-huh. Well, I've even, they say to keep a notebook by your bed because yep. your dreams can really help you. And so I tried that for a while, and I would write something down in the middle of the night that I thought was brilliant. Yes.
1: And then I'd wake
2: up <laughs> the next day and be like, I don't even know what this says. I can't read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A sparkly wolf? <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> it is funny how
1: how clear it is in in the Moment and how yeah utterly right. obscure it can be when you look at what you wrote, mm-hmm. but
0: I can remember some of the features of my dreams, the locales, downtown Rock Island back when, before all the changes were made. Uh, there's a building that uh, is modeled on one of the buildings in downtown Rock Island, but it's quite different. I know the different floors and the suites in it and so on. But mm-hmm. well, what was going on in there? Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> is
1: interesting? So yeah, a place is, is significant for you. I'm so interested in the the phenomenon of a tattoo dream, if that isn't part of your... Life, you know, so right, then.
2: and that was it for me too. That I kept having this dream about tattoos, people getting tattoos, and I was trying to brainstorm what that meant, and mm-hmm. and um, somehow it all just came out that this tattoo artist would be two places at the same time. He would time travel while he was tattooing specific tattoos. Not every tattoo that he did, but he didn't know when it was going to. And over the course of time in the story, he figures out a big family secret of his girlfriend. And, And that's what all the tattoos that he was doing that made him time travel were giving him clues along the way. Oh, what a cool idea. That's wonderful. What
0: a perfect title, though, The Ink of mm-hmm. Time.
2: Yeah. Is
0: there a part of that you can read for us? Or?
2: I can, yes. Um I'm going to start with the first chapter because this first sentence, like I said, it just popped into my head, yeah. and I started typing. Yeah. I just said I'm going to do it, and I did it. So... Um, The main character at this point of the story is Otto. His name is Otto. Otto had never gotten ink done, not in the traditional sense anyway. His skin was marred with scars, but he felt no need to hide them. So that was my first sentence, and I'm like, hmm, okay. Otto (laughs) Daniel didn't care who noticed. When he walked into the tattoo shop, the one with the help wanted sign in the front window, he told himself he could use the irons again, if just for a while, until he figured things out. Until that time came, and he doubted it ever would, he was a nomad of the Pacific Northwest, a man on the move. Always aware of his surroundings, Otto walked into the half-lit shop toward the back of the room. Tired black chairs faced smoke-colored plate glass windows. The view from the chairs was nothing to look at. Across the street, a run-down hardware store with a variety of shovels in the windows spoke of the town's priorities. Just another damp, old Northwest town. Otto reminded himself it was little towns like this that caused the most damage. Very good. Oh, I
1: love the detail. The shovels. You know, just the variety of shovels.
0: Um, I mean, that sets a really good it picture. It does.
1: It's wonderful. Thank You're you. You're
0: off and running.
1: Thank you. Read it the first sentence again, because there's music in that. That's yeah. really beautiful. Otto had never gotten ink
2: done. Not in the traditional sense, anyway. His skin was marred with scars,
1: but he felt no need to hide them. Marred with scars. You know, it's just a wonderful sound. And the kind of thing that when you're teaching, I think when we teach creative writing, we focus on, you know, work the music. But when you're the writer, it's often just there i mean right sometimes you right. revise with an eye to that but sometimes it's just comes the words just
2: come yeah, yeah. they're of a, their own volition and sometimes i'll go back and read something i wrote and go wow i wrote that yeah exactly <laughs> isn't
0: that funny when that happens mm-hmm. you write something and later on <laughs> you go back and read it and you think where did that come from? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, exactly.
1: I'm better than I thought. Yeah.
0: It doesn't happen that often, but it, when it hmm. does, it's yeah. a real lift. But, you know, uh, I, I sense uh, kind of a, not a preoccupation, but uh, your interest is in time because you're Next book is not a moment too soon.
2: Mm. Right, and it's the sequel to this book. So this okay. will be a three-book series, and the final title will also have kind of some sort of a time at, um, component to the title. I just don't know what it's going to be yet. Oh, okay, so, so you know
1: there's a third book coming. Yes, <laughs> I'm
2: working on the third book. I'm about 8,000 words in. Okay. Um, and right. this the first one took me seven years it was four years between these two, so my goal is two years between the oh, next okay. ones. So I'm not getting any younger. You're so. picking
1: up speed. Well, you're <laughs> learning what you're doing, Right, write, you it, exactly.
2: It
0: took seven years to write the first novel. How many years to write the second? Four. Four. Mm-hmm. So the next one will just take two years. Right, <laughs> that's, what you right. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that's you know, saying. Exactly. That's interesting. When you, when you finish a novel... And you think, well, there's more to tell. Mm-hmm. Right. And that leads to another book, which then leads to a third. Read a little bit more from the opening of uh, uh, The Ink of Time.
2: Okay, so Otto had just walked into this old, tired tattoo shop. Mm-hmm. Black and white tiles alternated like giant checkerboard on the floor, leading to a cluttered display glass display case that divided the reception area from the work area. Behind that, four tattoo stations were cleaned, stocked, and ready for artists and customers. Otto paused at the display case. Hello, he ventured. A broad-shouldered tattooist looked up and smiled. Needin' a tap, buddy? His tattooed biceps rolled as he twisted Otto's way from the portable tattoo chair he sat in. On the television, a game show contestant gave the right answer. She ran up the steps to the stage while the audience roared and applauded. Otto surveyed the shop, thinking of his options, still not sure if this was the way to go. He didn't know what he was looking for. He just knew that he couldn't settle until this uncomfortable feeling left him. But there was something about this place. Next to him, a glass display case held binders full of artist samples. A poster advertising an upcoming tattoo fest had been taped to the glass from the inside. On top, a cash register presided. Its design, sleek and space-agey at one time, now just looked like a caricature of the modern era. Nah, looking for work, he finally replied. Still turned in his chair, the tattoo artist's smile faded and his eyes shuddered. (laughs) The big man hit the volume button on the remote as he deliberately looked Otto up and down. What do you know about tattooing, he asked. Don't look like you have any. Otto looked him in the eye and stood a little taller. Been in the business for a while now. I know the irons. I'm pretty good with a tattoo machine. Just one minute ago, Otto was unsure of himself, but like always, when challenged, he was ready. Uh-huh. I love That's that. very
0: good. Yep. You know, I admire the way you add the details mm-hmm. that uh, make it real. Yep. You you see the place. So when they make a movie of this, they don't have to do a lot of planning, <laughs> right? That would be
2: great, wouldn't it? Yeah.
1: Well, how much research then did you have to do about people who do tattoos uh, or have them, or? I did do quite a bit of
2: research. Um, I have lots of. Of course, lots of friends with tattoos, and I yeah. would just ask them point blank cl- questions specific to what I, the thing I needed to know. Sure, um, I went with a friend who was getting a tattoo, so I went with her to the tattoo place, and um, I also there's a tattoo artist. And I I hope I remember his name correctly. I think it's Jeff Johnson, and I hope mm. that's not wrong. But he um, is a renowned tattoo artist in. Um, Oregon, Mm. and so I read his autobiography, and that helped me pick up a few things that I should add in here. Um, One of the things that I added to the story that I hadn't even thought of was security. That sometimes kind of rough, rough characters can come, and I hadn't thought of that
1: part. So I
2: added some scenes uh, with a little bit of security issues.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. That's uh, you know, it's interesting that you can. Just go down a rabbit hole like that. You start out on a general subject, and then you have to get the details. That's what uh, that's what bugs me, because I suddenly have an impulse that I want to write about this. And then I think, yeah, but you don't know
1: enough about it. Oh, but you can just sit down and write a first line. That's, that's right. Right. <laughs> learning. Well, and, sit down and see what happens. There worry. have
2: been many times when my two hours of writing time in the day – have been almost all research yeah. and then you know you do go down those rabbit holes and you do yep. start finding strange things that you need to get back on track or well are, that's very much how do you part
0: organize your day? Uh, you have a family?
2: I do. Um, my children are grown and um, my husband and I are both fortunate enough to be retired so um, we are busy. Being retired, mm-hmm. we're very, but I try to write for a couple hours in the morning if I can. Um, usually later in the afternoon, I try to um, find a minute to um, do some social media things um, and schedule some things. I'm definitely not um, very disciplined, that's for sure. Um
1: so there's not a particular time of day where you sit down to write. Right. <clears throat> but you do have two hours. You have, I try, yeah. yeah. What, um, is,
0: what is it about the morning? So many writers, uh, as uh, over the years as I read about them, they write in the morning. I can't do anything in the morning.
1: I know more writers who write really late at night, but you're right that it's – it's, I guess I think better in the morning than I do at night. After having slept. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I can only do it at night because I don't have the list of things I should be doing in my head. It's right. nighttime. I'm supposed to, if anything, I should be asleep. Well, for the but. first
2: five years that I wrote this book, um, I worked full time, so I would come oh, home sure. after work and it worked I probably was more productive even then because I was so busy so yeah. I would you know sit down for a couple hours and run back and forth to the stove and stir the yeah, f- dinner or whatever yeah. you yep. know and things like that yep. so.
0: oh yeah I well, as I've said many times, I can't write without a deadline mm. and so I'm a deadline for a novel would be a year or two, and I think well I have a few months
1: yeah. <laughs> That's why you have to break it down like you're you saying. You know, it's I kind of...
2: um, started a blog a few years back um, to practice that exact thing is having a deadline and um, creating or finding a topic to write about each week. And mm-hmm. it was a great, um, a great exercise in helping me develop myself as a writer. Yeah.
0: What um, is your blog?
2: Um, actually, I have two blogs. One's um, – I, I started with a blog – Um, that's called Nadine's Notions. Mm -hmm. And I had to explain to people that it wasn't a sewing blog. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so after I had that for a couple of years, and then I was starting to try to get, you know, my name Nadine M. Roth out into the world, I moved to WordPress and changed my name. Just it's Nadine M. Roth blog at WordPress. Uh And um, so uh, on both blogs, it's a lot of just... um, Books I've loved, um, books I haven't loved, um, personal life things. Um, the more recent blog posts have been a lot of my journey as a writer. You know, the more um, the more recent ones have been more yeah. of that.
0: Do you belong to any writers' group, or uh, do you do any studying about
2: writing? I I have the to be red pile yeah, yes. continues to grow at my house. Yep. Um, one book that really uh, made a difference for me of understanding uh, what, what story is was by Lisa Cron, C-R-O-N, hmm. and it was called Story Genius, and it was hmm. about the science of story and how it's uh, where our brains are wired to be storytellers, and it was very, very interesting. Um, it really helped me understand what I was trying to do. Um, and then I'm Sweet. also in a writing group called the Quad City Scribblers. Huh. And um, so we we meet once a month, and um, they're a great group, too.
0: We have had some of the Scribblers on, but I've had trouble trying to find out who was in the Scribblers <laughs> so I can pester them to come on the program.
2: Is well, it I, secret? It's I'm a my, secret group. <laughs> I might be able to help you out a little bit with that. Uh, Nadine, <laughs> you're going to hear from me. Because
0: uh, it sounds like a very interesting group.
2: It is. It is. Um, the first business when we get together is taking care of each other mm-hmm. as writers, not. And then our written work comes in after that. And I love that about the group. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. How many?
1: Are um, there
2: are 31 people in, okay. in the group, but I've only been to meetings where there's been like up to six to eight people. Okay. So usually it's just a smaller.
1: And that's a better number to work
2: with anyway. It really is, yes.
1: It's
0: like the Quint City's poets. uh, You know, the the number is small, but it changes over time. Mm -hmm. Right. People Mm -hmm. move in and out. I've been mostly out because I'm not, I was... Faking it as a poet just to go to the meetings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they would let you come. You can, you can. No, there is something, though, isn't there, about community. It's sort of like you can exercise on your own, but if you have a trainer or a group of people that you're meeting and regularly then, and you have the practice of it. it yeah, you
2: share ideas and brainstorm mm-hmm. what humps you're trying to get over and things that you've done for your marketing. and yep. It's just a good thing. Yeah.
0: Do, you, do you critique each other?
2: We do, yes, yes, we do, yeah, and that's um, that's fun
1: too because we all trust each other. Yeah, that's important, Mm -hmm. and that's easier to do too if you have fewer people. Right, we try to keep writing workshops around twelve or fifteen people, which feels like a lot. And when we get smaller classes, it Mm -hmm. people just trust each other more easily. If you're writing something raw. yeah, it's easier to not have a huge room of faces looking okay. at
0: you. Okay, what led to Not a Moment Too Soon? Why, uh, how, why did yeah. you decide you had to write another book?
1: Well, I had beta readers
2: for this one, and my friend Becca is the one that thought of the title for this. She was one of my beta readers, okay. um, so a shout-out to her in Tennessee. Uh-huh. Um And after she beta read it, she she wrote a note on on, because she had it in paper form. I smell a sequel, and I'm like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) I do too.
1: (laughs) Had you thought about it before? Was that what got you going? I
2: had just tried to get a book out into the world. That was my main goal. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, So this book is, um, if you would give it an overarching. Um, umbrella. This book is about family and abandonment. Okay. And then this book is about dealing with things that happened in the first book. So it's about family, but it's also about learning to love yourself and um, addiction.
1: Okay. That's the not not a moment too soon.
2: That's not a moment too soon. The third book, which hasn't been titled yet, um, is going to be about amends, Mm. uh, making amends. So that's Uh, what I'm working uh, on. About what the Amends. Making amends. Making amends. Making amends for the things that happened in these books to try to, it's a family family drama, to try to kind of wrap things up and hopefully make all of my characters happy. I got
0: a lot of those to make. It's uh, Uh. amends. (laughs) Well, when
1: you were writing, were you thinking of an audience? Did you have an age group or a person or anybody in mind that you were writing for? You know, I didn't.
2: Um, but the way I write is almost in a young adult format Okay. Um, but these characters are in their lower 30s and I don't know why it just happened that way Um, but I I write, my chapters are short, my chapters are usually just a scene or two and they just keep moving along
1: Yeah, oh that's cool and I love that you're kind of just going with the unknown, you know saying I don't know why I'm writing about this or this age group but there they are well and this the second the second book i thought
2: it was going to be a nice and happy and pretty and uh-huh. things were going to turn out and it just kind of took on a life of its own and and it didn't um, go that way and it didn't go that way mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not funny how that happens it is it is i know uh you
0: you uh read about authors or composers Wagner talking about the rings as it just kept changing under my hand. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes you don't know where you're going. But you used a term that uh, I've not heard before, beta reader.
2: Oh, okay. What's that? Um, A beta reader is um, someone who uh, volunteers to read your book before you're ready to have it published or actually have it go to an editor. The beta reader... My beta readers, I always give them an assignment because, you know, being a teacher, Mm -hmm. I I warn them they have an assignment. Uh, So they read for things that don't make sense to them, things that they feel like could be expanded upon, um, things that they feel like are maybe redundant or don't flow with the story, just anything in the story that would make it stronger and tighter and better.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, How do you find a beta reader? I mean... uh do they advertise their services or what? Um,
2: no, my first beta reader readers were friends and family. And my sister was hilarious because she thought the book was perfect. And,
1: uh. you know, so
2: I have her beta read for me. But,
1: you know, it's,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good to
1: have those people. Yeah. But you also need the mm-hmm. ones that and, will say, nope, this has got to go. And uh, and then my
2: second book, I actually put a post out on social media that I was looking for beta readers and I got some really good beta readers that were people I did not know, but they were people who knew people I knew because I had other people share it. And so I've got a couple of people that I will definitely just specifically call on them again and say, please, will you do it for me? But otherwise I just kind of take volunteers. I I usually try to do about eight people Mm -hmm. and then read everything they say. And it's nice when, um, most of those people will have a comment in about the same place of the book, then I know mm-hmm. it's really just yep. strong need or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, That's
0: uh, <clears throat> a friend of mine who was a writer when I would read his stuff.
2: Well, you were a beta reader.
0: Yeah, you know, well, every time he saw me reach for my pen, he says, every time you do that, that's like a knife to the heart. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: you have to get. I mean, to be workshopped or to to have a reader, you have to let go of some of that. I mean, some people are good with it. Give me give me your feedback, and some are like that. You know, it's just yeah. a panic and a kind of.
0: Well, you know, at at what point do you 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 have a beta reader before you have it edited?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. And. Uh, that's quite a process. It must take a while to get all this done.
2: It does. And that's another thing I tell my beta readers like, I give them two months, you yeah. know, and if they can't get it back to me within two months, then I'm going to ask them to decline, you yeah. know. Yep. Um, except my one beta reader who gave me the title on this book, she was a beta reader on this one and she went through a hurricane, so I gave her a pass. Oh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's. That yeah. was, well, let
0: me mention again. The Ink of Time. Great title, by the way. She gave you a real gift there. And not a moment too soon by Nadine M. Roth, who's been our guest today. Nadine, uh, we're very happy to have a chance to chat with you. And... uh, let us know when number three comes up. Will I you?
2: will, and it has been my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for making me feel so welcomed. Well, yeah, that was
0: great. I mean, you're easily pleased. That's all I can say. <laughs> but that'll do it for now. Uh, Rebecca, we and I'll be back next week for another session of Scribble, and we hope you will too.